Matthew chapter 1, we, last week we looked at the first part of Matthew chapter 1 and looked at the genealogy of Christ and what that means for us. I hope that was as interesting as we could make it to be. And, and tonight as we continue looking at the different Christmas narratives in the series that we've been going through, Fear Not, uh, we're going to look at the section of Scripture that deals with, with Joseph. Um, if I had to title this section, I would just title it Joseph's Dilemma. Joseph's Dilemma. Again, a familiar passage of Scripture. Let's pray and ask the Lord to do something fresh in our hearts tonight uh, through His Word as we get into this. Lord, we love You. We thank You, Lord, for the opportunity to be here this evening. God, I thank You for the songs we've sung. I thank You for Your Word. Uh, Lord, again, that we can open tonight, um, Lord, with no fear of, of persecution. God, we, we thank You for that and we praise You for that. God, I just pray tonight you would do a fresh work in our hearts. Lord, it's easy for us to read these, Lord, these familiar passages that we've had access to our whole life. Um, we've been so blessed. And God, at times we can, Lord, I know I can uh, take for granted uh, the truth that's found here. And so God, help us tonight to, to learn. Help us, God, to see something that we can apply to our hearts, to our lives. And God, be changed by it and become more like Jesus. And it's in His wonderful and precious name we pray. Amen. If you know this passage well, you know that Joseph in this text finds himself in a tough situation. Uh, Mary, the woman he's engaged to be married to, was found to be pregnant. And Joseph knew that the baby was not his. So his immediate thought, obviously, if you put yourself there, was that Mary had been unfaithful to him. And so Joseph had to decide how he would handle the tough situation he found himself in. And there's a great lesson from the outset for you and I. We have choices that we make throughout our lives in every situation. We have to choose whether we're going to follow uh, our plan. Uh, we could call that self-dependence. Or are we going to follow God's plan? Are we going to be dependent upon, upon God? How many would agree that God's plan is always better than ours is? His plan's always bigger. His ways are always higher. We're learning that as we look at these Christmas narratives. And so tonight, I want us to point out a few things in our text um, uh, tonight that I think will help us and challenge us. First thing I want us to notice is this, is Joseph's confusion. I want us to look at Joseph's confusion. Look at verse 18. He says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together... She was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit, verse 19. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. In contrast to Roman and modern law among Jewish people, you understand, and again, if you've read this and, and you've dug into this, you understand that engagement was a legally binding contract that could only be dissolved by divorce in their culture. Under Jewish law, Mary was already Joseph's wife. After the couple become engaged at this time, the woman stayed at her parents' home until the wedding ceremony. Living together in intimacy took place after the wedding took place, after the ceremony. Joseph's tough situation that, uh, is that Mary became pregnant before the wedding ceremony. He knew that he had not been intimate with her, so he assumed that she had been unfaithful to him. Can you imagine what's going on in his mind and in his heart in this moment? And to beat it all, she told him that she got pregnant by the Lord. 
Uh, you know, again, I mean, Joseph's got to wrestle with this in his mind. Now, the text describes him as a righteous man, as a righteous man. Uh, what a description. We saw that with Zacharias and Elizabeth. Uh, man, I hope that that is the Lord's description to, of us. He was a righteous man. I wonder if Joseph believed that Mary maybe had lost her, mouth, her mind. She's pregnant of God. You know, this was overwhelming for Joseph. It had to have been. Just like there are times, th- there are, at times in our life we become overwhelmed by different things. Uh, life knocks us down and overwhelms us. Tragedy strikes. But can I just stop here and say this? This has been a very... This has been a tragic week. Uh, I don't know about for y'all, but for us, it's been a tragic week. It's been just bad news after bad news all week long. You know, and, and, and there's been folks in our church who are, man, they're just, uh, have had a tough time this week. Young man, Tony Nelson, 38 years old, passed away this week, was a graduate of Southeastern. Wife and adopted child left behind. He had sickle cell anemia. And tragically, they were planning their, their week, their holiday season. Three or four days later, he's on a ventilator fighting for his life, and he's now with the Lord. Good Christian, good Christian family. A lot of people impacted by this man's death. A deacon from Unity Free Will Baptist Church in Greenville, North Carolina. Some of you know, maybe you know Dr. Jeff Manning, the pastor there. They were on the way out of town. He and his family were on the way out of town. After church that morning, they were out of, going out of town on a ski vacation. He was a, he's a doctor, a family doctor there in the area. And they pulled over to help. An accident happened. He pulled over to help. He and another gentleman from Raleigh, North Carolina. And a guy lost control of his vehicle, hit and killed this deacon and this other man from Raleigh and killed him. And this deacon, his wife, and his children witnessed the whole thing. You see, what do you do? Life can get overwhelming very, very quickly, can it? Things overwhelm us in our lives, and I I say those things to encourage you, please pray for those families, those churches that are impacted. And when life gets overwhelming, we often find ourselves in the valley of decision. What am I going to do here? Am I going to try to figure this out on my own, or am I going to trust God? We see that Joseph was a special individual. He was righteous, the text tells us. He showed compassion for Mary. He chose to bring, not to bring shame to Mary but to, uh, and to release Mary from the contract of marriage with a secret divorce. This was his plan. Joseph had his mind made up, and he knew what he needed to do. And we're a lot like this sometimes. Something unexpected happens, and we sit down, and we begin to think, okay, how can I fix this? And what happens, our pride kicks in in all of our experience and we begin to put together a plan of action without ever consulting God. And our text said Joseph was a righteous man. Joseph was godly. And he possessed godly wisdom. But nowhere in our text do you see him consulting God before he makes this decision. One of the greatest hindrances to spiritual freedom in our lives is, is self-dependence. When we think we know better than God does. The devil's having a field day getting us to believe that we know it all or or we know enough to handle the tough and unexpected situations of life, and and we simply cannot. I said in my prayer earlier, we can't function. We cannot uh, uh, make it without Christ. We We can't live this life without Him. See, Satan, the last thing he wants us to do is to consult God or a spiritual friend that we trust. 
Joseph's plan wasn't necessarily a bad plan. In fact, it was sounded pretty good. But it wasn't God's plan. We see this as a, a confusing situation for Joseph. But we see, I want you to notice number two tonight, we see Joseph's comfort. In verse 20, look what it says. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in hers of the Holy Spirit, she will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child. And shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Do you see tonight in our text that God had a different plan than Joseph did? He had a different plan. It was not God's plan for Joseph to divorce Mary, but to complete the marriage ceremony and take her as his wife. And God revealed to Joseph the cause of Mary's pregnancy and even gave him detailed instructions on what the name of the baby would be. Y'all notice what the name of the baby was there? What was the name of the baby? Jesus, because he's going to what? Save his people from their what? From their sins. And church, this speaks to us tonight. We are not to be too quick to implement the plans that we come up with in our lives in the different situations, the unexpected situations of life. In fact, we should not execute any plan. Would you agree that we should not proceed in life with any plan until we have first heard from God, until we have consulted the Lord? We should seek God and His will in every situation in our life. God will be faithful to lead and guide those who have a heart for Him and seek His will above their own. Again, because those who are walking in maturity and spiritual vibrancy and freedom understand His ways are higher than mine no matter how tragic they are. His ways are higher. They seek God in every situation. There was a young man out of high school who had his mind made up that he was going into the Air Force he had dreamed and always had been interested in flying those magnificent aircraft. He had already been accepted. He was making plans to pursue the Air Force. He had recently been saved, and one day he felt the tug of God on his heart for ministry. God was calling him to preach. And so he met with his pastor. He got guidance, and by God's grace, he was able to forget about his own plan. And this young man uh, followed God's plan for his life. And I'm so glad he did, because if he didn't, I would have, he would have never met my mom, and I wouldn't be in existence probably. I'm thankful Dad followed the plan of God for his life and not his own plan. See, God's plan is always better than our own. Now, it's important to notice when God gives us direction, listen, His directions always lines up with His Word. Always lines up with His Word. The method that God uses to confirm His will and His plans, listen to me, church, is always His Word. It's always His Word. His will and His Word always go together. They never contradict one another. The angel that came to Joseph in a dream lined up God's will with God's Word. He lined up what was happening with the Word of God spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Because we know in Isaiah seven fourteen it says, Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. 
the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which we know in our text means God, what? With us. Hey, how many believe the word of God is true and reliable? The prophet Isaiah, hundreds of years before, predicting and prophesying about the coming Messiah. In chapter 9 and verse 6 of Isaiah, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Throughout our lives, we will continue to have to make difficult decisions about situations and circumstances that you and I are faced with. Hey, you understand, and young people get a hold of this, that you in your life, you are headed towards some tough times, maybe even some tragic times. There are things I've walked through in my life I never in a million years would have ever thought I would have faced it, but I had to walk through it. How many understand you older adults out there tonight, there are tragedies, things, difficulties, unexpected circumstances you have to walk through. And in those moments, there are decisions that have to be made, difficult decisions. To make the right choices, we have to seek God's direction in every circumstance. How do we know when we find God's will? There will be two indicators that, when, that we know we have found God's will and what God desires of us. The first one is this, God's will will always line up with His Word. You will never be led by God to do something contrary to what His Word teaches. Never. There's a lot in our culture today and in our society, people are blaming God for their bad choices. We see it all the time. We hear it all the time. I hear it from young people. I hear it from middle aged. I hear it from even senior citizens. People blame God for the poor decisions they make. God will not lead you to do anything that contradicts His Word. Somebody say amen. The second indicator is this. As we trust God's will, He gives us calming peace. This brings me to my last point tonight. I want you to see Joseph's not only his confusion, not only his comfort, but we see Joseph's compliance. Look at verse 24. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife. But kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Look, when we're confronted with God's plan that maybe contradicts our plan, when we're confronted with God's word that may go against our feelings, we have a decision to make. In this moment, Joseph has a decision. I can comply with what God is saying, or I can rebel against what God is saying. I can comply, or I can rebel. I can be obedient, or I can choose to be disobedient. There was a question asked, if you could have one thing in life more than anything else, what would it be? This was a survey given to numbers of people. And you know what the number one answer they received was? The most common answer was, if I could have one thing more than anything else, people responded, I would want peace. I would want peace. People desire peace in their marriages, the workplace, their, the country, the world. Many are emotionally, mentally, and physically ill because of the lack of inner peace. Many, when life knocks them down, they don't know where to turn to. They don't know where to run. They begin rushing to fix it all. The question that we need to consider is, are you at peace tonight? Because one thing I'm finding the longer I live life, the more I try to serve Jesus, is that many people simply, they are not at peace because they're not being obedient. Hey, you understand, have you ever felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit in your life? Is that not a tormenting feeling? It's tormenting. 
It's not a peaceful place to be when God's chastening you. And we could fix a lot in our life if we would just simply do what God says. If we would just simply be obedient to his word like Joseph is here. It says he did. You know, I don't see, you know, in the text here it says, and Joseph awoke from his sleep and he did as the angel of the Lord said. It didn't, he didn't wake up and have all these questions and want God to explain himself further. You know, that's what, kind of what Zacharias did, wasn't it? He just simply did as God said. A lot in our life would clean up and clear up if we would just simply do what God says. Obey God. And so we have to ask, are you at peace tonight? We see that Joseph heard God's will that lined up with God's word. And when he obeyed, he received peace from God that we know passes all understanding. This word and this peace enabled him to scrap what he had minded to do. His plan. He put it to death. He shattered his own plan. And to execute, he desired to execute God's plan instead. So we have to ask a question. He decides to do what God wants him to do. He's obedient to God. Did it make his life easy? Well, if you read the rest of the Christmas narrative from this point on, you know it wasn't easy for Joseph and Mary. God's plan is not some, some just green pastures and roses and, and all, all good, right? I mean, sometimes God's plan is pretty rough, right? And we know that Joseph's life was not easy from this point on. Joseph lived his life. Imagine with everyone talking about how Mary got pregnant before their marriage ceremony. Could you imagine them being right now in this church age right here, how judgmental some people can be? I imagine that people shamed Mary and Joseph throughout their lives on the earth. But the religious crowd probably looked down upon them. But they were chosen and blessed vessels of God. Today they're enjoying the splendor of heaven. Hey, don't you understand and believe tonight it's going to be an awesome experience. And when we see Jesus face to face and we get to meet those that God used to bring about this grand story, this grand picture of redemption. God's plan for our life in each situation and every circumstance. Now listen, it's far better than any plan you can conceive and make up for yourself. Or any plan you can come up with to try to fix the unexpected circumstances that has happened in your life. Because we seek God through prayer and as we wait on Him, He's going to lead us, He's going to guide us. I believe every decision we make in life should be premised on these three questions right here. Write these down. Does does this line up with God's Word? Does Does it line up with God's Word? Will it bring glory to God? It's the second question we should ask about every decision we make. Will it bring glory to God? And then do I have peace about the decision? Do I have peace that God has given me about the decision? Unless you can say yes to those three questions, you continue to pray and wait. Have you ever made a decision without waiting on God, and boy, you realize later on, I messed up. Man, I know I have. And I know that God has saved me in many circumstances. I know there's people in my life, spiritual advisors and mentors and leaders, my wife in life, that has really saved me in some tough spots. When I did not want to wait on God, when I wanted to act on my feelings and my zeal, rather than wait on God to give me peace. Does it line up with God's word? Will it bring glory to God? Do I have peace about the decision? We know that if we are obedient to God, God blesses obedience. And again, that blessing does not mean a bed of roses. We have the blessings of God on our life when we are obedient to Him. Look, pray and wait. Stay in the word. Let God's word speak to you. Do you have a plan for the new year of how you're going to study the Word of God and get to know Jesus better? Do you have a plan yet?
we're going to be putting a plan out here on the table. Me and Amanda are going to put the plan that we're doing this year out here on the table for anybody that wants to, 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 to try and, and tackle that. How many would agree tonight that if I were to set aside intentional time to let God speak to me each day, that there's some things in my life that would change? Man, isn't that true? Look, if we believe the Word of God, it's true. There's a lot, again, there's a lot in our life that simply would change, that would, that would, uh, would become so much more, uh, we'd be so much more fruitful and uh, excited in our faith if we would simply let God speak to us. Do you have a plan? Spend time on His Word. When we are obedient to God, we receive His blessings. We experience His peace. Are you trusting Him tonight? Are you walking with Him? Are you being obedient? Are you following His plan for your life? My thinking has been challenged deeply in recent days through a class I'm taking on what the gospel is and how watered down, even in fundamental churches, the gospel has become. Do you believe that when Jesus was born of a virgin, left the splendors of glory, became a part of humanity, lived a sinless life, was rejected, those that he came to save rejected, was tortured and went to the cross and bore the wrath of, of God, who's holy, you believe God's holy tonight, and bore the wrath of God for, what did the text say, Jesus his name will be called Jesus because he will save his people from their what? Every person in this room is a sinner that deserves hell. Jesus bore the wrath of the Father for all of our sin so that you and I would have the opportunity to be redeemed. He rose again on the third day so that we could be justified and walk in newness of life so that death, hell, and the grave would be forever defeated. Now, I've been challenged about what the gospel is because I'm afraid that many have simply believed a gospel that requires nothing of you. See, Jesus didn't die to save us in our sin or so we could stay in our sin. Jesus died to save us from our sin. And the gospel is very clear, and it needs to be preached, and you're going to be hearing it preached. As God has challenged my heart through his word about what salvation requires of people. And the truth is, Jesus required that you repent Believe the gospel. Now, let's stop right here for a second because in our culture, believing, well, all you got to do is believe. That's the mentality of belief in our culture. In their culture, people knew when I believe something and I embrace something, it means my life's going to change. That's why Nicodemus in John chapter 3 struggled so much with what Jesus was telling him. You remember, Jesus told him, you got to be born again, Nicodemus. You must be born again. Here's a, here's a, a, a Pharisee, a leader a religious leader, and he knew if he believed in Christ, because we got the great verse for John 3.16, this was said in that context, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
Nicodemus struggled because he knew if he believed, then that meant my life was going to change. I'm going to be maybe disowned by family and others around me who reject Jesus. Believing in Christ that does not lead to, lead to change behavior never saved you. The gospel does require something of us. And too many of us have believed the gospel where we simply prayed a prayer and we think we got a ticket to heaven. And believing that does not lead to obedience never saves you. Period. Church, I'm just preaching what Jesus says. Now, Jesus said, repent, believe the gospel, and what did he say? What did he tell the disciples to do? He said, follow me. When Jesus talked to people about when people wanted to follow Christ, he didn't, he didn't lead them in a prayer. He expected them to do something. You say, oh, no, the preacher's starting to preach a work salvation. No, I'm not, but I am preaching a salvation that works. Because James, the half-brother of Christ, said faith without works is dead. And you can reject everything I'm saying, but I'm telling you the truth tonight. And I'm burdened for people that sit in pews thinking they're going to heaven because of a prayer they prayed way back when, and they've never, ever seen the fruit in their life of them witnessing for Jesus, being in the Word of God, seeing growth happen in their life of faith. Does that not concern you? If that describes you tonight and you're not seeing growth, you have no desire to witness, you have no desire for the Word of God, you have no desire to pray and spend time with the Heavenly Father, and all, of, all this is to you as a ritual, does it not concern you deeply about your own soul? That when we examine the Word of God and what it teaches about salvation and why Jesus came as a baby and what we celebrate this time of year, does it not concern you enough to examine, am I in the faith or not? Am I being obedient? To what? Am I following Him? Because it's very clear that only those that follow Christ are going to heaven. That's it. Only those that follow Him. James said a faith without works is a dead faith. And the way James described it was, is those that take care of the poor, those that take care of widows and orphans. So Christmas should cause us to examine whether we are in the faith or not. Whether we have truly believed, have we believed a watered-down gospel, or have we believed the gospel that Jesus taught in the Gospels? For you and I. The question is, have I repented and believed the gospel and followed Christ? That is how I know I'm saved. It says in our text that Joseph did what God said. He did. He was obedient to what God said. Tonight, are you being obedient? Are you trusting God's plan? Are you seeking His will in every decision you make for your family? Maybe tonight you've been overwhelmed by circumstances and you're trying to fix things yourself. We can often fall back into that. Maybe you need to spend some time with your Heavenly Father this evening, pouring your heart out to Him. Tonight, let's stand to our feet and let's pray together. Father, I thank you tonight for the gospel. 
Father, the glorious truth of your kingdom coming to earth in the person of Jesus Christ. Lord, who lived a sinless life and was the only sacrifice that could ever die for the sins of the world. He was the only one qualified. And God, no one is saved apart from Christ. And Father, I'm thankful that the gospel, salvation, is made available to every person. God, who will repent, believe, and follow you. And Father, tonight I pray that we will be a people who is concerned enough about our culture, about the church, about those around us, that will really examine, as Paul told the church of Corinth, whether we're in the faith. And God, may you work in each heart and reveal exactly what needs to be revealed to help us be all we need to be for you to fulfill your purpose, your calling on our life, what you have left us here for. God, light a fire in us for the lost. We'll light a fire in us for the wayward. And God, help us to communicate the truth of the gospel clearly and effectively. God, from the pulpit, Lord, help me as I preach, as I prepare, to communicate it effectively and clearly, truthfully. God, in, in smaller settings, in Sunday school, in, in, in discipleship groups, in connect groups, whatever we may do to further disciple and help each other grow in our faith, God, I pray that the gospel be communicated clearly and we will have an understanding, God, that in our area of the world, there has been a gospel that has in, been embraced that in the book of Galatians, the Apostle Paul called a false gospel. And God, may it not be true of our church. God, help us to reach people for Christ. Help us to help them see their need for Jesus in their life. And that He is the only way they can be redeemed. Father, we love you tonight. Lord, help us to be obedient. God, help us to seek your will in every decision. Help us to follow this example we have in the Scriptures of Joseph who did what you told him to do. Father, we love you tonight. We thank you. I'm going to ask Brother Randy Orgeron to close us in prayer.